0: The Ohio Harness Horseman's Association presents Top of the Stretch, a podcast that looks at harness racing in the Buckeye State. With us today on Top of the Stretch, Joe Yoder of Dublin Valley Farm here in the Buckeye State, a breeding farm relatively new in the state of Ohio, as we'll hear from Joe Yoder. Joe, welcome to Top of the Stretch.
1: Roger, thank you and the OHHA for having us on and being part of your podcast series. I appreciate it very much.
0: Well, we appreciate you giving us the time. I know your schedule's pretty busy. Uh, Dublin Valley Farm is relatively new here in the Buckeye State, right?
1: That's right. Uh, the farm actually, Robert Hirschberger owns Dublin Valley Farm, and the farm actually started in just 2007, and at that point, he built his first barn and had mainly draft horses. Um, and then in 2012, he added a stallion barn addition. And at that point, he did have a standard bred stallion called Royal Strength. And Royal Strength, you still see in pedigrees today, but he's uh, he's not with us anymore. Um, in 2014 is when the farm got busy with the standard bred industry at the commercial level. The stallion, don't you forget it, came to Dublin Valley Farm, and he now is in Europe. But he had some nice books and has had some nice racehorses, especially at the fair level. Uh, for the last four seasons, he's really been a top top stallion at the fair level, and we've uh, continued to progress and continued to try to get better and better stallions and better and better broodmares. When Robert started around 2012 he had just a couple of brood mares and now the farm has approximately 35 brood mares and continues to try to upgrade and get better and better brood mares as the years go by um, currently we have three trotting stallions most of the most of the uh, clientele close to Dublin Valley Farm. It's in Holmes County. It's in an Amish community. And most of the clientele are, at this point, Amish. And they are very much into trotters, probably more than pacers at this point. And that could continue to change and evolve. But at this point, uh, mainly trotters in our area. And our clients are uh, statewide. But we have a large group of clients in the local area and also in the Middlefield Ohio area, which is also an Amish community. So at this point we have three trotting stallions and there's and those are Enterprise, Volstead, and nothing but class.
0: Now you mentioned broodmares. Do you try to breed all your brood mares to the stallions that you have or do you go to some of the mares to other stallions throughout Ohio?
1: Well we breed we breed mainly uh to our own stallions we feel like if we have them we need to believe in them and we need to support them and we do that but also just on a business on the business side of it we we support other stallions and farms in Ohio that we work with and we also feel uh, as if we need to diversify a little bit on our broodmares uh, and just try to make the smartest choices we do a lot of work on pedigrees, we do a lot of work on past history of stallions and how they've crossed, and just try to try to coordinate and 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 bring our bring our mares to the right stallions so sometimes we do breed off of the farm and we mainly breed in Ohio uh, a couple of our mares uh we've bred to Canada and the east coast, but we mainly breed in Ohio, and we really try uh To get the mares to the best possible stallion and and like I said we I would say we breed I don't know 80% probably at the farm with the stallions that we have and then we breed outside of the farm with with a with a group of mares also
0: has the farm grown in size from its initial uh, operation
1: The the farm has grown. Uh, The farm has grown, not necessarily the land. I think the farm is probably around 100 acres. And because of the amount of broodmares and the amount of stallions that Robert stands at the farm, because he does stand stallions of other breeds, uh, we have some satellite uh, farms where some of the broodmares are, some of the yearlings are prepped, and even some of the weanlings go. And so the farm has grown as far as how many how many people, and the operation. It hasn't necessarily grown land-wise, but it has grown as far as where the animals go.
0: Okay, let's talk individually about the stallions that you have standing in 2021. Let's start off with, uh, I would guess, uh, kind of the horse that's uh, been with you uh, quite a few years, Enterprise.
1: Yes, Enterprise, and interestingly enough, it feels like... They've been with us for a long time, but as you know, and and everyone probably listening to this podcast knows, um, it it really takes probably five to seven years to know whether your stallion is is going to be what your hope is, and this will be Enterprise's third breeding season coming up in 2021. And so his first two seasons in 2019 and 2020, he bred right around 120 mares each year. So he's a very fertile horse. He's well over 90% fertility rate. So we should have a lot of babies out of Enterprise, and they've been bred. He's been bred to some very good mares. So we feel like he has a real opportunity. On the racetrack, he won an elimination of the Hambletonian, and then was third in the final. And so he has uh, great racehorse credentials. And then he has a tremendous, tremendous family. He's a son of Chapter 7. And he's out of an SJ's Caviar mirror called She's Gone Again. And she has 150 and 2 speed in that family. Enterprise has a mark of 152. Uh, he has a sister, Tuscany, that's a Muscle Hill, that trotted in 151 this year. And so. Uh, we're very excited about him, and even though it feels like he's been around for a while, his first crop of babies will go to the sales in 2021. So so we're very much looking forward to his first crop of yearlings going to the sales in 2021.
0: Wallstead is next on our list.
1: Yes, uh, Valstead's an interesting horse. He He's not as well known because he didn't race in the U.S. He has U.S. bloodlines. He's a Cantab Hall out of Yankee Glide Mare. He's got a mark of 151 and 3, and he made well over $700,000. So he was a tremendous racehorse, but he did that racing in Europe. And so uh, Stefan Melander, who is... Marcus Melander's uncle had the horse in Europe and our and our owner was very interested in Volstead for years. He always thought he would be a tremendous stallion, but he just couldn't buy him. And he would talk to Stefan Melander numerous times trying to get him bought. And then finally, and I remember the day the uh, owner of Volstead, he called me and he said, are you sitting down? I got Volstead purchased. And he was very <laughs> excited about that and the horse has just tremendous credentials. If he would have raced in the U.S., he'd be much more of a household name, and so hopefully through breeding, he will become that way. He uh, he bred his first book in Australia and has babies on the ground in Australia right now, and then he bred a really nice book of mares for his first crop in Ohio in 2020, and it was an interesting year, as we all know, but he still had a really, really nice book, and then He went back to Australia and is breeding his second crop in Australia now and is also freezing semen for Europe because he has a lot of interest in Europe. So he'll be freezing semen in Australia and sending that to Europe for the 2021 breeding season. And then he'll be back to Dublin Valley Farm about the 15th of January to get ready for our breeding season. But he is a a tremendous individual, very fertile, and we have very high hopes for him as well as enterprise
0: it is quite a process um, standing in australia and also standing in the u.s because there's a lot of time uh, involved and it's very expensive to do so just the cost involved of the horse going to australia and coming back isn't it quarantine oh
1: yeah i i think and I can't I can't say for sure, but I know it's around twenty five thousand dollars to get them down and, and to get them back. I think both ways, and they go to quarantine when before they leave the U S S before they leave the U S. They go to quarantine. Then when they get to Australia, they're in quarantine, and then they go to quarantine to come back, and then when they get to back to the U S. They're in quarantine, and so all of those things are 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 things that. Owners have to deal with financially because none of those things are free but he's but he's just had he's a very fertile horse which makes all of that possible he would not he would not cover his costs if he couldn't get mares in full and so he's got big books in australia he's had a he had a very nice sized book in Ohio, and with freezing semen that also uh naturally helps him with uh, the European market so it is expensive and it is a lot of work there are some stallions in Ohio now that are doing that and I think it's it's a reflection of Ohio um, kind of building and growing in in the industry
0: now the third trotting stallion they have is nothing but class
1: yes and nothing but class um, really he he has creden- credentials to be a top top stallion in Ohio. Also, we're 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 excited about him. Also, I think Enterprise and Ballstead probably get most of the chatter, but nothing but class. Uh, is a son of Andover Hall. He has a full sister, Pampered Princess, who I'm sure most if not all people uh, in the industry remember her. And he trotted in fifty three and three. And he also uh, had a lot of earnings, and so he made uh, right around four hundred thousand dollars. And so he, and he is also a very fertile horse, and so that makes it really nice. He's he's at a he's at a lower fee, and the Andover Hall part of it really attracts uh, some of the driving world. So he's been a little bit of a crossover horse, where he breeds mainly commercial mares for the racetrack, but he also breeds some mares for the driving world and the roadster world, because that's a part of uh, Robert's farm. They they have some stallions that are also in the driving world. But nothing but class is an outstanding individual. He was a great racehorse. He's got a great family. And he, again, uh, we're very fortunate at the farm. He's a very fertile horse. We We have been Uh, above 95 percent in conception rate with nothing but class also. So we're very, very pleased and proud to have all three of these stallions uh, for the Ohio breeders, and the farm could not do it without the ownership of these stallions. I really need to, to mention that. They, they, uh, they made the investment, and they had faith and trust in Dublin Valley, and they have good relationship with the farm, and so we're very, very proud to have these three stallions and hope that they uh, all three end up being uh, commercially uh, viable stallions in Ohio in the future.:
0: Now, last year, in the Buckeye state, the uh, most almost all of the sales were up. How did your foals from your broodmare band do at the sales in past uh, years?
1: Uh, the foals did, did well. The one interesting well. thing—I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: Well, I, meant, I said last year, but actually this year.
1: Yeah, this year, right? Yeah, the yeah the foals uh, the foals sold well. The yearlings sold well. We had a couple sell in the thirty forty thousand dollar range, which we were pleased with here in Ohio. Um, we, and, uh, one of the, one of the mares was bred to muscle mass and, uh, he sold a $40,000, uh, yearling there with that mare. Um, and we focused mainly on our own stallions. And so, um, we had a couple of what the hills that sold very well and we're breeding back to what the hill and uncle Peter this year. Those are a couple of the stallions off the farm that we're breeding to. And so one, one of the things that, that puts us in a little bit of a, little bit of a hurry up and wait mode is that we've uh, bred a lot of mares to enterprise a lot of mares to volstead and and also quite a few mares to nothing but class but none of them are old enough to get to the yearling sales yet and so that's when we hope to really really be able to uh to uh, make a mark a little bit on the, at the yearling sales but uh yeah we had a good year and we were very pleased Oh, you know at the, at last spring we weren't sure if there was even going to be a sale and then it was maybe going to be virtual online and just, you know, a lot of a lot of talking back and forth and so uh there were wa- there were successful sales and we have to thank the sales companies for that. Uh but there were successful sales and they were up and I think that was uh that was a very good thing for the way 2020 went and I think it's a reflection on our program and just uh how how Ohio is becoming stronger and stronger. We get calls from more and more people outside of Ohio that want to breed to our stallions. And so I think uh, the sales being up, I think, is a reflection on the Ohio program, even in the midst of what we all have gone through in 2020 and hopefully are heading in the right direction for 2021.
0: Well, Joe, I want to thank you for being our guest today on top of the stretch. But the Ohio program is ideal for all the breeding farms. I know everybody goes into a sale and you hope that the full yearling that you're selling is going to be a world champion. That's, that's the dream. But one good thing about Ohio and I think you'll agree is we have racing opportunities for all classes of horses whether it be fairs the Buckeye Stallion series the Ohio Sire State program so that's a big benefit to the Buckeye state isn't it Oh I I
1: think that's a tremendous I think that's a tremendous part of why we've we've had growth and it does give opportunities we have You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think 65 or 66 fair programs, other states don't have near that number. We have the Buckeye Stallion Series, which is relatively recently added, which those kind of mid-level horses have a great opportunity to make money. And then, of course, everybody dreams and everybody hopes to get to the sire stake level. And I think with some of the stallions that – I'm being a little biased here, but with some of the stallions that we have at our farm – and some of the stallions on the pacing and trotting side that we have in Ohio now I think we I think we uh have a chance to to become a little more known and have have some national level horses in the future in Ohio but but yeah going back to your question <clears throat> it really does give uh whether it's people that do it at the fair level, and they're content to be at the fair level, and and they have a chance now to make some decent money at the fair level, or whether it's people heading for the sire stakes. There are numerous opportunities for uh, broodmare owners to sell their yearlings, for racehorse people to race at many levels, and we we just hope at our farm and naturally for the whole state of Ohio that we can provide top-notch stallions and broodmare babies for for the buyers and the racing world in Ohio so we are competitive and also we can continue to move in the in the in in the proper direction
0: thank you for listening to top of the stretch top of the stretch podcasts are a presentation of the Ohio Harness Horseman's Association